0: It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Good evening, everybody. This is Toby Leary, your host of Rapid Fire. I am co-owner of Cape Gunworks here in Hyannis, Massachusetts. And we are glad that you're listening to the show with us. And if you want to be a part of the show, make sure you get signed up at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire and put all your info in and we'll let you know when we're going to record so usually by the time you're hearing this show on the radio, a couple days has gone by and sometimes news has changed. So if I'm talking about something that has already happened, uh, that's the explanation for it. But you can still be a part of the show. You can call in or you can uh, text in on the, on the chat and we will answer your question. So um, it's been a busy week so far and a busy last week. Uh, with gun news, and there's lots going on, lots changing, Um, and we have Keith Langer, attorney Keith Langer, coming on in a little bit, uh, probably in the third segment of the show to talk about um, some of the stuff that's going on in that world, Um, but we also have uh, Thursdays, the confirmation hearing for David Waco Man Chipman, the uh, former ATF agent who was at ruby ridge and waco ironically he was at both and some pictures surfaced of him posing in front of the burned rubble with uh i believe it was even some dead bodies in the back of the picture and he stood there like he was proud of what just took place but he's up for nomination on i mean confirmation he's already been nominated to be the director of the atf which or as uh President Biden likes to say the, pre, uh, the director of the AT, uh, AFT, and um, I think this would be a very bad move if he is confirmed. And by the time this thing airs, it, he will either have been voted up or down. But what's interesting is he has recently been opposed by a former director of the ATF, um, Michael Sullivan, who is a Massachusetts politician. So we got a Massachusetts politician opposed to the confirmation of David Chipman, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. And he thinks it would be very bad if, in fact, he was confirmed. Um, And he actually worked with him at the ATF uh, back in the day and knows him well. And he doesn't think he's a bad human being. He just thinks that... um, he would be a polarizing person, and it would certainly take the ATF into a direction that it shouldn't go. It should be a impartial. Now, everyone has, you know, certain presuppositions and certain leanings, but when you've made it a career, so what makes it so dangerous is after uh, David Chipman retired from the uh, ATF, he went on. To work for every town for you know against gun violence and uh bloomberg 's uh, organization there as well, um, I think his is every town, and then there was the Giffords one he worked for the Giffords one as well at, on the board of directors and I said when I first heard that he was nominated, it was kind of like Wayne Lapierre being nominated by Donald Trump for director of the a t f you know the other side of the aisle would have collectively lost their minds if you ever nominated somebody with that much of a preconceived bias as to what, you know, should happen. Now, in my view, <laughs> it should be someone with a pro-freedom, pro-gun bias because, after all, they are in, you know, guns are legal here in, Ma- in America and you can own them and whatnot. So if you have somebody who at least agrees with the freedom to own guns in the first place. But Chipman, you know, sat on boards of groups that wanted to end ownership of, you know, modern sporting rifles. And that's a big tent of what is under the modern sporting rifle tent. They like to say AR-15 on the news, uh, but really it's any semi-automatic, rifle with a pistol grip basically falls under that tent and that is how they look at the modern sporting rifle any detachable magazine semi-automatic with uh with um a pistol grip so yeah it's really crazy um so you know a lot of those uh pictures have made their laps around the internet of him standing uh with a firearm in in waco and um you know, that alone, the fact that he was there in what I consider one of the worst, uh, worst appropriations, I mean, administrations of power, uh, I think it was a trial balloon of how the people will react to government literally descending on private citizens and burning them to death. When they didn't capitulate to their demands to show them the tax stamp for the Hellfire trigger, because that was the premise of them going there, is they thought they had a machine gun, and really he was using a Hellfire trigger, which is like a um, basically like a uh, you know the Franklin Armory uh, BFS type trigger, you know the binary trigger or whatever, but it created this bump stock type of situation, like a bump stock, but it was in a trigger. And um, this is way back, you know, when they first started coming around. People can do what they did with those triggers with a rubber band or you loop on your uh, jeans and nothing. But yet they heard full automatic fire. So they came in and the the end result was a ash heap with a lot of people, hundreds of people, men, women and children who lost their lives. They literally had tanks on site. And uh, we're punching holes into the walls of the compound and tear gassing them. It was one of the darkest days in modern history in America. and the guy who's standing there posing for a picture is going to be confirmed uh, or shot up or shot down on the his confirmation hearing, no pun intended. Um, uh, you know, and we'll see how it goes. But if a Massachusetts politician op- opposes you, um, and this was a former attorney general uh, or U.S. attorney, I should say, um, you know, and Massachusetts politician. Then I would say that should disqualify you. <laughs> Just, you know, on the fact that he, who knows what his politics are, Michael Sullivan's politics, but he worked with him at ATF and said, be a bad choice, be a really bad choice. Not to mention, there's still questions about whether or not the guy lost his duty weapon. So there's stories floating around as well and there's one investigative uh, i think it's the federalist um, did a story on former atf agents that worked with him saying this guy lost his his duty weapon that was issued he left it in the car and they were told not to leave their weapons in the car and i guess some guy saw it and stole it out of the car and you know he was asked by four senators i think cruz grassley and i don't know who the other two were but if he actually lost the weapon and he emphatically denied it and said, nope, never lost the weapon, never lost the weapon. But, you know, no one I don't think has looked into it. You know, it would obviously be a matter of public record. And so someone, the Freedom of Information Act should do that. But if he lied to senators in his, you know, hearing, it wasn't in the live hearing, it was in a written uh, questioning, uh, then I would say that automatically would disqualify him. And certainly... Maybe even have committed perjury, so we'll see. Uh, He might have. I'm not going to say I have inside knowledge. I don't, but interesting. And uh, this is the guy we have getting ready to head up the ATF, or, again, as uh, Biden likes to say, the AFT. So (laughs) go figure. But all right, lots more to talk about. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire.
1: This is the First Focal Plane Diamondback Tactical. At the intersection of precision and value, the Diamondback Tactical First Focal Plane Rifle Scopes deliver an impressive array of features and performance. The XD optical system and fully multi-coated lenses transmit a crisp, bright sight picture. The First Focal Plane glass-etched reticle keeps subtensions accurate throughout the 4X zoom range. Exposed tactical turrets and a side parallax knob give shooters the tools needed for long-distance precision shooting. The single piece 30 millimeter tube is ruggedly built to withstand recoil and impacts. Strong O-ring seals and nitrogen purging guarantee waterproof and fog-proof performance. Purpose built to extend your effective range and stretch your dollar, the Diamondback Tactical comes equipped with the features you need at an unbelievable price. And it's covered for life by the Vortex VIP Warranty.
0: welcome back you're listening to rapid fire sponsored by vortex optics i'm toby your host co-owner of cape gunworks and if you haven't been down to cape gunworks yet you gotta come check us out we're in hyannis massachusetts on a big dead end street known as cape cod so uh, (laughs) you go over the bridge and you're in a whole new world surrounded by beauty and uh, nice beaches and warm water depending on what side of the cape you're on but <laughs> it's gorgeous here so come on down it's a great time of year to visit and I uh, would love to see you at the shop if you're here visiting on vacation or you know uh, from overseas or whatever come in and do one of the range experience packages and we'll get you shooting and you'll have a blast so get some pictures and take home your target hang it on the fridge and hashtag cape gunworks so I'd love to see you so anyway um, yeah, so I'm I'm getting some people chiming in on the chat here saying that uh, Sullivan is level headed former Plymouth County DA and acting director of ATF as well as US attorney for District of Massachusetts. So yeah, that's cool. I, I assumed he was. If you're you don't become a US attorney and you know and whatnot and director of ATF if you're Not level-headed. I know he was appointed as interim. It wasn't like he went through a full confirmation hearing. So that's probably why I don't know as much about him as I should. But the very least, uh, he's a former acting director who opposes David Chipman. So I think that speaks volumes right there. Um, And he gives a pretty good list of why he opposes him. He doesn't just say, oh, I don't like the guy. But he he itemizes why. So if you do the Google search on that, I'm sure you'll... uh, you'll you'll be able to find out, you know, a good, he makes a good argument as to why he thinks he should be overlooked. And not to mention why, you know, nominate someone who's such a polarizing person. But this is one thing I was worried about back in December when the arm brace, pistol brace uh, issue came up for a change. They wanted to change uh, the definition of a pistol brace and an arm brace and and whatnot, and they opened up the comment period and whatnot. And I remember thinking when it closed, oh, shoot, I hope they're not just biding their time, you know, uh, till there's a more favorable administration and director of the ATF, um, you know, and then reopen the that can of worms. Well, guess what happened? Here we go. We got a new administration, and we got uh, – possibly big changes at the director level of the ATF. And guess what they want to make? They just released their, all their list of changes and requirements, which would pretty much turn 10 million people into felons overnight if all of these changes are implemented. And the comment period is back open, so go to you know, the ATF. I'm sure you can go to a lot of... Different websites to find the link, but if you go to Firearms Policy Coalition, um, I believe StopATF.org is the website to go to, and you th- you'll get through to the comment, you know, and you can use their form letter, but it's better if you edit it and make it your own words. Um, if you're real busy and don't have time, at the very least send the form letter. But if you can take 20 minutes or 10 minutes and craft your own, use it as a guideline, whatever you got to do, and send it. At least our senators, and uh, you know the AT- in this case the ATF, um, it'll bring you to the to the site where you can comment on the the pistol brace issue, and there's also the quote unquote ghost gun issue, the homemade uh, manufactured guns. Uh, so there's also proposal for changing those to make certain parts of guns guns, and you know restrict them more so than they are. So that's that's a, uh, one of those things that you got to you know, go to and comment on. Both of those comment periods are open. And I was very curious as to whether those things would resurface, certainly when the new administration has taken shape, and that's exactly what has happened. So go to those uh, websites. I've also put them right in the chat, the three websites you should look at, um, joinfpc.org, Uh, stopatf.org and fpclegal.org so yeah um, Davey's saying 10 million felons overnight is a civil war well yeah and again I think I don't know if there'll be some amnesty period or some pre-ban how do you prove it's pre-ban if it's a pistol brace or a polymer 80 you know 80% lower or something like that it's really hard to prove so that type of enforcement is almost impossible and if anything it shows the impotence or the lack of necessity for the uh nfa right look at the pistol brace issue if you have a gun with 16 inch barrel it's a rifle if you have a gun with a 15 inch barrel and a stock, it's a $200 tax stamp, an uh, NFA item, and you got to register it with the fed, feds and apply, submit photographs and fingerprints and reason for issuance and blah, 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 and wait. It's a huge restriction over an arbitrary inch of barrel. Like, give me a break. That's ridiculous. And... Or if it has a pistol brace on it and it's 15 inches, now it's a pistol. Like, again, this is all the ridiculousness of the situation. Even Europe, which has a lot of restrictions on firearms, doesn't have this like barrel restriction issue. Like a lot of the um, modern sporting rifles in Europe, not the ones that are outright banned, but some of the uh, more freedom you know, states like, uh, you know, Sweden and Croatia and whatnot, they have 14-inch barrels on just the regular modern sporting rifles. So uh, it doesn't really change whether it, you know, is a rifle or a pistol or, a, you know, it doesn't matter. It's it's two inches difference. What's the difference? It doesn't make any sense. It's very arbitrary. It's just a, a number that, the, you know, the... NFA branch has deemed okay this is what makes it a rifle this is what makes it a pistol so it's just an infringement is really what it comes down to at the end of the day so if anything I think you can make this argument that it is very arbitrary a gun with a 15 and a half inch barrel and a stock is illegal and it's a felony and you can go to jail if you have one without a $200 tax stamp gun with a 16 inch barrel you're okay so that half inch or quarter inch it doesn't even matter the The number is so arbitrary um, but 16.0 is a rifle and a hair less than that is a pistol and subject to felonies so again it doesn't make any sense it's an infringement that that you know has really gone um, It's it's shown that and if you legally can own a pistol, what's the big deal? <laughs> if you own a rifle with a shorter barrel, you, you know, and you won't let us call it a pistol. So it's a short barreled rifle subject to more infringement. But what's the big deal? A pistol is concealable. Are you saying because the rifle is concealable now and it's not necessarily any more concealable at 15 inch barrel than it is 16 inch barrel? Maybe when you get down to an eight and a half or a 10 inch barrel. But who cares? You could carry a pistol, so I can carry a pistol concealed. Whoop-de-doo. Anyway, it just proves the arbitrariness and the infringement upon our freedoms that that it has posed. And, you know, if you want to make the argument that, oh, well, these rifles are more deadly than a pistol or, you know, would be used more in crime, I don't buy it. Because, number one, criminals don't adhere to law anyway. So they're going to do whatever they want to do, however they want to do it. So they don't care if the barrel's 14 and a half or 16 or 12 or 10 or 9. It's illegal for them to possess it and commit a crime with it. So they're doing it anyway. So let's uh, let's call a spade a spade. It's, it's just an infringement upon the law-abiding or responsible gun owners of America and further infringement upon their already constitutionally protected Second Amendment rights. So there you have it. I digress. Um, but we got to oppose David Chipman. Those of you listening now, you can still call your senators. And a lot of times we get, ah, oh, what's the point? They're never going to—they're going to vote to confirm. True, but they're going to have to vote to confirm with the with what's weighing on their conscience, and that is they know he's a political hack, and their constituency overwhelmingly called them to tell them not to vote for him. And this is a good place for the. Uh, you know, the left-leaning gun owners owners of America to really speak their mind and say, hey, you know what? I am a, you know, however you want to call yourself, a liberal gun owner or a left-leaning gun owner. I'm a Democrat gun owner. And I don't appreciate you taking this stance and putting and appointing somebody like David Chipman into, uh, you know, this position where he he basically, um, you know, thinks that my rights should go away. And I thought they did a very good job on, Asking them that, like, what do you personally believe about the AR-15? Oh, that's the rifle we were issued on the ATF SWAT team. And it's like, yeah, okay, right. And and so what does that mean? You just want it for you and nobody else? So that goes back to, like, you know, the gentry and the peasantry. So are we going back to that kind of a class of society? But let's see if that, you know, how they feel about that. Anyway, um, so... Go ahead and uh, make your voice heard on, you know, against David Shipman. Let our senators know. Also, um, go ahead and comment on both of those issues. We talked about the pistol brace. Um, what about the, the ghost gun, the manufactured firearms? You know, you get the 50, 80 the percent lower and you manufacture it into a firearm. Um, if you're already able to own and possess firearms, there's no law prohibiting you from doing that. What is the big deal? right again what is the big deal the big deal is you don't know about it so what does the government need to know about everything i do no i think that's what freedom is we're looking for a smaller government less intrusion less you know oversight of the personal life rather than more it's like ronald reagan said i'm from the government and i'm here to help those are the most the scariest words ever uttered I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. The government doesn't need to know everything we do, right? And that's what freedom of privacy and freedom to go on and live our lives in the pursuit of happiness Uh, involves little to no government. So anyway, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Stay tuned.
2: Rugged and extremely clear. Loophole Performance Eyewear filters out harsh light while dramatically reducing glare. Whether you're hiking through the backcountry, dialing in at the range, or navigating the daily grind, loophole's crystal clear lenses will keep your eyes protected and your vision fresh all day long. Learn more about Loophole Performance Eyewear at loophole.com. This is the Voltec
3: VT10i. The VT10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash
2: May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex.
4: Attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets including trusts, health proxies, and powers of attorney, zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692. That's 508-384-8692. Or visit my website, aglangerlaw.com. All
0: right. Welcome, Keith, to the show. Thank you for joining us again this week. And I hope all is well on your end. How you been?
4: Hanging in, Toby. How are things at your end?
0: Good. Fast and furious as usual. So uh, we're happy about that. And now that we have ammo in in store, people have been coming in for you know the we have ammo with no limits. So we haven't had we haven't been able to say that for a long time. So I'm happy to be able to say that. But anyway, um, crazy stuff happening left and right. And I, I saw that Firearms Policy Coalition. Last week uh, filed a bill here in district court in Massachusetts challenging the approved firearms roster uh, in Massachusetts, which is, I mean, you couldn't have played a better tune. It was music to my ears. And uh, so I was really curious to get your input on it. I didn't know if you heard about it or, you know, had uh, any insight on that. But um, and what we could expect to see and how does things move through the, federal court system and you know what what's your opinion of how you think things will go on that front
4: well this is going to be interesting because if memory serves we played this game some time ago when they first brought out the uh restrictions and the uh plaintiff then as i recall was some sort of ad hoc coalition of dealers And they lost the initial hearing, and then they blew the appeal period. Somebody dropped the ball, whatever. So we're dealing with polluted waters to begin with. Hmm. And the issue here is that now we've got Heller and McDonald which gives us more clout. It's interesting that this complaint also cites Catano, the stun gun case I was involved in. Mm. Because that's the last time the Supremes really addressed anything remotely relevant to the Second Amendment, as Justice Thomas has regularly complained about. Uh, They ducked a number of cases, I think, in 2018. There were several Second Amendment, petitions for Sir certiorari that went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court did nothing. Right. However, now we've got Justice Kavanaugh, uh, so maybe we've got a chance if we get that far. In the first district here in Massachusetts, uh, Commonwealth Second Amendment has been working for some time trying to get progress for us here. The uh, last one was Warman v. Baker. And uh, we lost in federal district court there, and that was one of the many cases that the Supreme Court deigned not to hear back in 2017. Hmm. Interesting that uh, Attorney Jason Guida, who I've worked with and has also done a great deal of work with Com2A, is one of the attorneys working on the FPC lawsuit.
0: Yeah, he's a great friend of the shop here. We've had him in to do legal, uh, you know, seminars and law seminars, and I've certainly bounced stuff off him in the past, just as we do with your law firm. And uh, he's he's been a great advocate for the Second Amendment in, uh, in Massachusetts. And not, not only that, but also for people who end up with... Uh, You know, insurance like U.S. Law Shield or U.S. CCA, I know he works for both of those companies as well. So um, he's always...
4: Yeah, he and I will be uh, working together with uh, joint defendants locally for me. He'll have to drive a bit, but uh, we'll have some interesting activities together this summer.
2: Hmm.
0: So you're you're skeptically optimistic, I assume by based on from what you said. <laughs>
4: you're well. I'm not looking for much progress in the district court here in Boston, the federal district court, which has a gorgeous view of the harbor. You really think it should be a hotel like the Marriott? Yes. Uh, but this one has the chance to go to the Supreme Court we lose here.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the assault weapons case out in California that the FPC brought, because that could be a bellwether.
0: Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I like how aggressive FPC is. I think in the last week or two, they've filed, I don't know, probably a dozen lawsuits across the country from sea to shining sea. They're They're on the march, and... I think it's great, and one of their lawyers said that internally they talk about turning money into freedom. <laughs> That's their kind of, you know, m- mission statement. So they take our donations and they turn it into freedom, and I think it's great. I'm familiar with a few of their attorneys. I've spoke to Adam Crowd in the in the past when he was running for NRA board of directors. I supported him in his bid to get on the uh, board of directors, but they're just a phenomenal group of guys doing the Lord's work here in Massachusetts and beyond. So
4: Which is great, because the Second Amendment Foundation, which also does superb work, mm-hmm. brought us McDonald and Heller, as I recall, mm-hmm. uh, they can't do it alone, so it's nice to see somebody else sticking up to the plate and helping to shoulder the burden. Yes,
0: and they were involved uh, when we sued the governor at during the COVID shutdown as well, so... Um, they've certainly put put their money where their mouth is, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. done a great job for that. So, well, how long do you expect, like, how long, just give us an update on how long it could possibly be to have it stay in court. I know they have like a 20- or 30-day period to respond, the state does, and then at some point.
4: Oh, yeah, it's, it's a protracted process, although the federal dockets tend to move a bit faster. With COVID, it's hard to say how much they're backed up. But the lawsuit was just filed, so you've got 20 days to file an answer, then there's going to be discovery, discovery compliance hearings, and status conferences. I wouldn't expect to see anything substantive until, at the very, very least, Thanksgiving.
0: Huh. Okay. Well, Thanksgiving would be a good time to hopefully uh, start celebrating. No, I'm just kidding. Probably much too early to start celebrating, but... Uh, let's uh hope that the trend towards freedom continues and uh you know Onward love to into see the fog. yeah exactly well um i think it's it's interesting that uh you know like you said on the heels of the wind which in california which obviously will take some time to go through the court systems there and i'm sure california is not going to take that sitting down uh but um i think we uh, certainly could have a similar Thing I'm I'm optimistic. I think that you know the district court in Boston is the one that was favorable to uh, us when we were suing him for open you know suing the governor to reopen the gun stores, and uh, so who knows? It all depends on what go uh, what judge you get, right? Right. Yeah. Well, let's hope for the best. Um, I'm certainly going to support FPC and hopefully the people listening will. We also have, like you mentioned, Com2A, which does some great work here in Massachusetts. we got Gun Owners Action League, uh, Second Amendment Foundation, Gun Owners of America. There's a lot of good groups doing some great work out there. And uh, now is the time to fight more than ever. So we will continue to support those groups and hopefully we'll uh, see more uh, freedom increase instead of, the trend of, you know, decreasing. What's your opinion on uh, David Chipman?
4: (laughs) Well, considering the administration that nominated him, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But uh, I think the picture of him posturing before the smoldering corpses at Waco should be spread to every gun club in the nation.
0: Mm. I agree. I agree. It's amazing that he had to
4: burn the children in order to save them. That seems to be his motto.
0: Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Keith, as always, it's great to uh, get your professional wisdom and insight on these issues, and we appreciate you chiming in, and uh, we will certainly have something interesting to talk with you about next time, I'm sure, (laughs) as always. Talk to you next week. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. So. Uh, Duncan says that Guns and Gear just posted a video um, that 141 members of Congress told the AG to withdraw the ATF's proposed brace ban, which would be awesome. Now, not only would it make 10 million people felons overnight, but it is a billion with a B dollar industry. There's roughly 12 or 13 companies that would be affected, thousands of employees. And billions of dollars, you know, a billion dollars is nothing to shake a stick at. This is the contempt of freedom that government has and, you know, the regulatory bodies have for freedom in America. And it's like, you know, this is this is woven into the very fabric of our rights here as Americans and those who come here as permanent residents um it is it is you know woven into the very fabric in our contract with america called the constitution and the second amendment to the constitution or the bill of rights and you know our our founding fathers were genius when they put this in because it was you know it was the way that they saw how the country was formed by the radical men who pledged their freedom, their fortunes, their livelihoods, and ultimately, in many cases, their lives to create this country. And we have politicians and administrators and regulators today that will throw that away so quickly at the drop of a hat. And they don't have the same risk involved that our founding fathers had when they formed America and they wrote all this into law, and the blood, the sweat, the tears, the prayers, the uh, and the life-altering events that they endured. So anyway, um, it disgusts me when a politician will raise their right hand and swear to uphold the Constitution and protect and defend against foreign and domestic, you know, enemies, and then yet they go and want to alter the Constitution and freedom and our lives in the under the auspices of safety we're doing it for the children like keith said you know david chipman had to burn them so that he could protect them you know it's it's ridiculous but um we'll talk more about that on the other side um and we'll get to more of your questions on the chat feel free to call into the show if you want and uh we appreciate you guys tuning in you're listening to rapid fire i'm toby leary and we'll be right back
2: America since 1949 family owned and operated legendary performance this is Hornady may your tag of a lifetime finally come through may the snow pile up and the elk come down may your socks always stay dry May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit, one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security.
0: Welcome back. This is Toby. I'm your host of Rapid Fire, your weekly show on the Second Amendment, guns, freedom, the Second Amendment, and anything else we want to talk about. Self-defense comes up a lot. Politics sometimes. uh, Sometimes we pull the pin and roll the hand grenade into the room of politics and pay the price later (laughs) because we can't make everybody happy. Uh, That's okay. I appreciate dialogue and you know, it's funny. I don't know if anyone here is a Monty Python fan like I was, but there's a old Monty Python skit where there the guy walks in and he's like, I, you know, I'm I'm here for an argument. And uh, he gets to the wrong room and he gets beat up. And they're like, Oh, this is beatings. And he's like, I'm here for an argument. And like, oh, he's down the hall on the left. Okay, so he goes in for his argument, and the guy is just being contrary. And at one point he goes, This isn't an argument. And he goes, Yes, it is. He goes, No, it isn't. He goes, yes, it is. He goes, no, you're just being contrary. He goes, no, I'm not. (laughs) And so this goes on and he goes, an argument is a connected series of statements to arrive at a proposition. He goes, no, it isn't. (laughs) But what I'm getting at is I appreciate discourse, honest discourse of listening to each other and hearing each other with an open mind that I don't know everything and neither does the other guy know everything. And I heard a guy on a podcast yesterday say something that was so profound it, w- it was so simple but so profound he said the smartest guy on earth knows nothing about 99.9% of the universe so it, it goes to show that you know could the possibility be out there that I might be wrong about something absolutely and when you accept that I get passions and beliefs I'm, I'm a very passionate person who I consider uh, to hold uh, beliefs dear to my heart really tightly. And then all other things that aren't life-altering events, I try to hold with an open hand and educate myself and think about them critically and make sure that you know, I select the thing that aligns with my you know core beliefs as much as I can. But I leave the door open to, having my mind changed about certain things. So I said all that to say this, that, you know, I love welcoming new people to guns who are on every side of the political aisle or, uh, you know, beliefs and whatnot. And, you know, maybe they don't think like me. Maybe they don't look like me. Maybe they don't talk like me. Maybe they're from places that don't have guns and shouldn't have guns, or they feel that you shouldn't have guns. I still like talking to those people and and introducing them to firearms and showing them what the face of responsible gun ownership looks like in America. And I tell you, after shooting with some people that never thought they'd like guns and seeing how much fun it is and how interesting it is and and the sport and the nuance and then the history and the, you know, eventually you can get to the freedom aspect of it, And you can win people. It's guns are a Trojan horse to, uh, you know, winning people over to a pro-freedom agenda and whatever that looks like to you. So I think that the more people we gather on the boat, the better off the Second Amendment will be. And you don't all have to agree on every issue down the line. That would be a very boring place if that was the case. So anyway, let's get to some of these questions. Um, Dana just had a statement. He said, shall not be infringed is pretty straightforward to me. Any infringement should be an easy lawsuit. And I agree. Uh, You know, I used to think about that all the time when I was 18, 19 years old, new gun owner, you know, very pro-gun in my, you know, beliefs. And I used to say, why doesn't some rich guy just... Sue the government for the fact that he can't go out and buy an AR-15 or buy a Glock or something, because it's pretty obvious to me that you shouldn't be restricted from buying those. They are America's rifle. They're the most popular handgun in the world. I don't think our founders would have said, you know, the right to keep and bear arms, except when regulated by the government, when they don't like a certain type of gun or how it looks or, you know, if it's scary or not. So that isn't what the Second Amendment says. Um, And uh, Matt says, is it true you can't put a regular stock on an AR pistol? That is 100% true, Matt. That would be walking on thin ice because you would be creating an illegal short-barreled rifle. So once again, you would be violating the National Firearms Act and you would be subject to... A felony and whatnot. So the only way you can put a stock on a pistol is if you pay that $200 tax stamp and get a uh, get a you know stamp from the federal government and register it and blah 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 blah. Duncan says shooting is the best therapy available. I agree. A lot of people come in for their weekly uh, let off, you know, some steam and get the let out session and have some fun, and uh, it's definitely great. So. Um, Yeah, come on down and get some therapy in, some range therapy. All right, we'll be right back. We're going to draw the winner after this, so stay tuned. You're listening to Rapid Fire.
1: is the First Focal Plane Diamondback Tactical. At the intersection of precision and value, the Diamondback Tactical First Focal Plane Rifle Scopes deliver an impressive array of features and performance. The XD optical system and fully multi-coated lenses transmit a crisp, bright sight picture. The First Focal Plane glass-etched reticle keeps sub accurate throughout the 4X zoom range. Exposed tactical turrets and a side parallax knob give shooters the tools needed for long distance precision shooting. The single piece 30 millimeter tube is ruggedly built to withstand recoil and impacts. Strong O-ring seals and nitrogen purging guarantee waterproof and fog-proof performance. Purpose built to extend your effective range and stretch your dollar, the Diamondback Tactical comes equipped with the features you need at an unbelievable price. And it's covered for life by the Vortex VIP Warranty.
0: Alright, welcome back. You're listening to Rapid Fire, the weekly show where we talk about the Second Amendment, freedom, guns, and self-defense, and anything else we want to talk about. Um, One of the things that we didn't really touch on when we were talking about the Firearms Policy Coalition's challenge to the mass-approved weapons roster is, when the heck is the new weapons roster coming out? Now, I know that's in complete juxtaposition of the challenge to that, but in the meantime... The government, the regulators, the state, whoever the heck they are at the Department of Criminal Justice or Department of Public Safety, whichever organization heads this up, is supposed to, by law, issue a, or by regulation, I'm not sure which, a approved weapons roster quarterly. Every quarter, it's supposed to come out. And we haven't had a new list since October 20th. And I know covid Put the cog in the works and freedom takes a seat to COVID. So don't expect your freedoms to be, you know, able to proceed during a pandemic. But now that the pandemic's over and Charlie Baker has ruled that we can reopen and do our thing here in Massachusetts again. uh, Maybe it's time we come out with the new roster. I know a lot of manufacturers have spent some money in testing guns and they're just waiting to be you know, sold in this state, but they can't sell them in this state currently with the roster the way it is in place, firmly cemented in place, so we're waiting on the new roster to come out, and looks like they blew right through the stop sign at you know, January 1st, and now the middle of, you know, the first quarter blew right through that one, we're coming up on the, you know, the third quarter here, and uh, you know, we haven't even seen that one, so (sighs) ha <sighs> it's it's frustrating as all heck i know that shield plus is a big everyone's waiting on that i can't wait to get uh those in the shop and sell those it'll be awesome and i heard rumors that maybe the springfield hellcat will be on there as well but some people are holding their cards tight to their chest but ej's wondering if we have any of those mp380 shields in stock and i got a boat ton of them with and without thumb safety so uh let's let's do it uh He's saying, were any guns added since last fall? The gun control, a, the GCAB has not been all that forthcoming on its meetings and agenda. It's hard to tell. Um, I know that guns have been tested and approved uh, through the testing, but I they haven't been added to the list. So um, I have definite firsthand knowledge of that. Uh, so they're just waiting for the list to come out so we can sell them. So hopefully it'll come out soon. But anyway, we have a winner. For the nine millimeter giveaway this week, it's David Sullivan. Congratulations, uh, you have won some nine millimeter, and we will be in touch. But come on down and pick it up if you're listening, and if not, we will call you and you can come down and pick it up. It's it's pretty cool that we're actually giving some nine millimeter away. I mean, just like a couple months ago, there couldn't you couldn't even obtain it unless you paid. You know, the the rate online and had it shipped in. And I noticed a comment earlier. It's ridiculous that you can't ship ammo in Massachusetts unless it comes in from out of state. And I would argue that technically they're not supposed to be shipping it in the state, but they do anyway. So yeah. Uh, and here we are a licensed gun shop in Massachusetts. Um, but I found the, um, Jason Guida actually sent it to me after talking to him last week. The, 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 chapter and verse in uh, law that says that the license has to be presented in hand at time of sale in order to buy ammunition in the state which is just ridiculous because obviously they just want to infringe and layer upon us and make it more uh, egregious to try to go and buy guns and ammo and they just want to make it as hard as possible especially when you look at some states like california i know they just are looking into taxing gun owners they're looking into mandatory insurance on your guns blah 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 all this stuff they just keep layering on the restriction and the restriction making it harder and harder which frankly if you ask me is racist but i guess that doesn't count in when it comes to guns so only when it comes to other issues but i think our politicians are inherently racist with every bit of gun control that they put Fourth, And so you you got that going for you. But let's hope Godspeed for the Firearms Policy Coalition on their new lawsuit that really affects us here in Massachusetts uh, for the approved weapons roster. Uh, Let's hope that all the ones across the nation, the one in Nevada for the ghost gun, quote unquote, ghost gun for people uh, who want to manufacture their own firearm, whether it be 3D printed or through an 80%er. And where does the line actually get drawn? Like you ban 80% lowers, now they come out with a 60% lower or 65% lower or maybe a 50% lower. And where do you stop? Do you stop when it's a block of raw material and say, okay, if you have the wherewithal and the milling machine that can manufacture this block of aluminum into a lower, that's Okay. But only when it's a 0% receiver can you actually do that. Because it's the same thing. And Or if you have intent to manufacture a weapon, why is that nefarious? It's not. It's freedom, right? And if you can legally own the gun in the first place, what's the big deal? So the fact that you didn't pay the piper or pay a tax on it or... You know, um, what is the real question here? What are you trying to limit? Iziel uh, wants to know what the process is for obtaining an SBR in Massachusetts. The best way to do it in Massachusetts is on a Form 1, so on a gun you already own. If you have a gun that's a long gun, um, you, you apply for a Form 1, you pay $200, you get your fingerprints and photographs and send it into the NFA branch of the ATF, uh, you fill out this whole Form 1, you get a fill it out in triplicate The first two copies with the photographs and fingerprint cards go to the ATF the third copy goes to your local chief law enforcement officer and um, you wait at that point you can also do it online under the e-forms of the NFA branch which happens a lot quicker but uh, you can do it through the mail as well and you might wait I don't know three to six months if you do it through the mail it's a lot quicker on e-file or e-forms but you know, once you get your tax stamp back, you can get the barrel cut down or you can put a shorter barrel on it. Um, so that's the way you do it. And uh, it's, it's a worthy endeavor. I did it. And uh, actually, I have one of the guns back here is my SBR. It was the first SBR I did. So check out the summer stuff we have at Cape Gunworks. We're giving away all kinds of stuff every day for the rest of the month. It's customer appreciation month. But come check out the coolers and beach chairs and all kinds of cool stuff. We got the mosquito magnet type stuff that, you know, eats the mosquitoes in the backyard. So you can enjoy yourself when you're out on Sandy Neck or whatever. And, uh, you know, we'd love to show you around the store. So if you haven't been in, uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. And uh, spread the word and let everybody know that we're here and we're fighting for your freedom. And we're hopefully giving you some good information so that you know all about, you know, what you can and can't do in this uh, restrictive state. But I am still holding out great hope that we will see good changes here in Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, the answer isn't always just to uproot and leave the state. It's to fight it out and make it what it should be. And that's a freedom-loving society where responsible gun owners Don't have to live in fear of being a felon overnight when some politician wants to throw the switch. So uh, let's uh, keep supporting those groups that are doing good work. And uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. We will see you next time on Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary.